today we are going to look at death. You think, wow, that's a grim subject. Death. A friend or foe. What do you think about death? We are all going to die. Is death a friend or foe? And the question we need to wrestle with is um, death is very controlling. It is feared and deceiving enemy. Unless, and by the end of this sermon, I want you to fill in that bit, unless. Death is controlling. It's as if we all live our lives thinking we are going to die one day. And we many things to face that moment. It is feared. And it is deceiving. And it's an enemy. Unless. Unless. And we'll come to that unless. And indeed, because uh, we don't really understand death in many ways, we come up romanticizing death. So, Darwinism will tell you that there is an evolutionary process and therefore death is a necessity. Cryogenics, as you know, people are now freezing their bodies hoping that one day solution will be found and they will live forever. <laughs> the liberal arts I quote Gubler Ross said, death can be viewed as one of the most constructive, positive, creative elements of culture. That's somebody's view. It's great inspirer of philosophers, literature, arts and music. And therefore it's okay. In the religious circles, we talk about reincarnation. Die and pass on to the next stage. In the occult circles, they said it's a transition to a higher state of existence. Spiritism says there is no death. It's nothing. It's just a door you pass through. And of course, we hear the report of near-death experience or life-after-life experience. And they all come and say, oh, we saw these wonderful glowing fields. So, we belittle death. And we make it as if it's beautiful and friendly. Or at least it's normal and harmless. But actually, death. Death wasn't the case. The people of Israel, 5,000 years ago, felt the same sentiment. Isaiah tells us, they will boast. We have entered into a covenant with death. With the realm of the dead, we have made an agreement. And of course, God respond by saying, your covenant with death will be annulled. Your agreement with the realm of death will not stand. Overwhelming scourge will sweep you away. Because death, if you look at it, wasn't meant to be. The dictionary definition says, um, death is only defined in relation to life. To be dead is to no longer live, deprived of life. To die is to cease to live. Death is the end of life, the absence of life. Okay, the every, the very essence of death being an aberration is abnormal. It's a deviation from the norm. 
is defined in the context of life. And it was never meant to be. It was never meant to be. Life was meant to be the norm. See, Genesis 2, when God created man, he said he put his breath and he became a living being. And that was the norm of what God expected. God wanted us to live, to be with him forever. That is what was meant to be. Death was never meant to be. (coughs) He said, you must not eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. For when you eat from it, you will certainly die. Until that happened, there would have been no death. So death came in because we violated God's commands. Romans 5, therefore, just as sin entered the world through one man and death through sin, and this way death came to all people because all sinned. Because, therefore, death is here, not as norm, but actually as abnormality. And so, we shouldn't think death is the norm, the beautiful, glorified thing. It wasn't the case. Death was not the norm. And sin came in, and therefore, death came. So when we come to Isaiah, I think I'm frozen. Okay, great. He said, The arm of the Lord is not too short to save, nor his ear too dull to hear. But your iniquities have separated you from your God. Your sins have hidden your face from him. You see, because of sin, man the living creature became man the dying creature. Because of sin, we turn our back on God and God turned his face away from us. It wasn't meant to be. Death wasn't meant to be. John 5, very truly I tell you, a time is coming and has now come when the dead will hear The voice of the Son of God and those who hear will live. For as the Father has life in himself, so he has granted the Son also to have life in himself. God is the source of life. Life is in God. And life is in Jesus. And when we turn away, guess what? We turn away from life. And that's what sin does. Sin causes us to turn away from life. I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live, even though they die. And whoever lives by believing in me will never die. Do you believe this? When we turn to God, death is not the norm. Life actually is the norm. Amen? Death is never the norm. Life is the norm. So Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and life. That is Christ. I'm the way, the truth, and life. Ephesians said they were darkening the understanding and separated from the life of God. We walked away from God because of our ignorance and hardening of hearts. That is what sin causes. Death. He brought about death. There are some aspects of death we need to look at. We have spiritual death, we have physical death, and we have eternal death. Okay, come on now. 
spiritual death is caused by sin. Affecting the soul of the sinner. And Ephesians 2 talks about it. As for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins in which you used to live. So you were living, but it says you were dead. Why? Because according to your sins. So though you are alive, you could be dead. All of us here are living, aren't we? But spiritually, we could be dead. You are alive and yet you are dead. Because of what? Sin. Colossians 3. When you were dead in your sins and in the uncircumcision of your flesh, God made you alive with Christ. He forgave our sins. So why? how do we cross from the spiritual death to life? Forgiveness of sins in Christ. But who could be alive and be dead? Luke 15. You remember the prodigal son? When he came, the father went to the servants. Say, kill the fattened calf. For this son of mine was dead and is alive again. Did this guy ever die? No. He went partying. Remember? If you read Luke 15, he was physically alive. And yet the father said, he was dead. And he's coming back home. The big son came saying, you never killed anything for me. What about that guy who went and squandered your money? And, um, sorry. Okay. We will get there. Yeah, we're on the prodigal son. Verse 32, he said, but we had to celebrate and be glad because this brother of yours was dead and is alive again. So the brother comes back and yet the father said he died. Was he talking about physical death? No. He died spiritually. And he's alive again. So we could be physically alive and yet be spiritually dead. The widow. Sorry, one back, please. Yeah. The widow living for pleasure. Paul says in Timothy, but the widow who lives for pleasure is dead. Even while she lives. Again, that's interesting, isn't it? This wife's husband have died and that thing. Let's, uh, let's have, have a party. Let's live for pleasure. And Paul says, even though you live, you are dead because you live for pleasure. Revelation 3. These are the words of him who holds the seven spirits of God and the seven stars. I know your deeds. You have a reputation of being what? Alive. But you are dead. So we could be physically alive. Even coming to church. Oh by the way Revelation 3 was written to a church. Sardis. Worshippers of God. And they were told. You have a reputation of being alive. But you are dead. And so we could be physically alive. And spiritually dead. So how do we. How do we move past from the life state of death to the state of life? By repenting and getting 
baptized. Amen. The gospel. So by definition, all of us, because of sin, we are spiritually dead. But we can live again because we repented and we got baptized and we're in Christ. Amen to that. So for disciples, for disciples who have repented and be baptized for the forgiveness of our sins. And I'm thinking of my sister Lorna. She passed from death to life. So yes, fulfill the pain of the separation, but believe me, she's in a good place. She's in a good place. The second aspect of death is physical death. Sorry. Back one more. Fiscal death. Fiscal death is occurs when the spirit leaves the body. I'm here right now. If my spirit is taken away, my body will fall. And I go back into dust and ashes. Jesus on the cross. When he had received a drink, Jesus said, it is finished. With that, what did he He bowed his head and gave up his spirit. Fiscal death. James 2. As the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without deed is dead. The body without spirit is what? Dead. And guess what? We are all going to die. It started when we were given birth. That's why death controls us. The moment I entered this planet on the 8th of April 1962, I started dying. It's a matter of time as to when it happens. You understand what I'm saying? That is death. It's told what God intended for me from the beginning. Sin. Death is controlling. It it rules our lives somewhat. We are all going to die. So there is fiscal death. There is physical death. But the scripture we shared earlier, though there is physical death, there will be resurrection. I'm the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live even though they die. And whoever lives by believing in me will never die. Do you believe this? So Lorna physically is dead. But according to the scripture, she lives because of the resurrection. Because of the resurrection. The one who believes me will live even though they die. And this is a, if you are not a Christian, I'm not trying to scare you. These are the facts of the scriptures. These are the facts of the scriptures. Even though you die, you will live because of Christ. You repented, you confessed Jesus as Lord, and you got baptized. The grace of God came upon you. Forgiveness of sins came through the blood of Jesus. Amen? Amen. So yes, there's physical death. The final aspect of death is eternal death. What is that? This is the death that follows the final judgment. It's it is called the final death because it takes the form of eternal punishment in hell. We are going to die and we face judgment. Hebrews 9.20 Just as people 
are destined to die once and after that face judgment. Revelation 20 goes on to say that death and Hades were thrown into the lake of fire. We'll come to that in a moment. We'll defeat death because it will be thrown, death itself will be thrown into the lake of fire. But anyone whose name is not found written in the book of life will also be thrown into the lake of fire. That is eternal death. That is eternal death. And it's a scary place to be. Being thrown into the lake of fire is the second death. The eternal death. I mean here we are talking about eternal. It's irreversible separation from God. There's absolute absence of life or hope. It is real. People say, oh hell is not real. It's temporary. It is real and it is eternal. Death is controlling and feared and deceiving. Unless, you know the unless, don't you? Unless. Next one, please. But the cowardly, the unbelieving, the vile, the murderers, the sexually immoral, those who practice magic art, the idolaters and all liars, they will be consigned to the fiery lake of burning sulfur. This is the second death. That's eternal death. Thessalonians goes on to say, He will punish those who do not know God and do not obey the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. I pray if you are here not a Christian, please obey the gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen. What is the gospel of Jesus Christ? Repent and be baptized for the forgiveness of your sins. And you receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. It is very simple. He said they will be punished with everlasting destruction. And what? Shut out from the presence of the Lord. Wow. <coughs> to live shut from the presence of God for eternity is a scary place to be. But that is eternal death. So we have spiritual death where you can physically live and be dead. We have physical death which will come to all of us. And we have eternal death, a final judgment. So, if you're a Christian, please, don't give up that hope you have. Rejoice. Rejoice. Death is conquered. If you're not a Christian, be very afraid. Be very afraid. It's a dreadful thing to fall into the hands of the living yeah, God. Be very afraid if you're not a Christian. And I'm not saying this to scare you. It's a fact. If it scares you, it's a good scare. It's a good scare. Turn away, repent, and be baptized. Turn away from sin. Next one, please. But there's good news. Amen. Tell us. Death is defeated. Death is defeated. Since the children have flesh and blood, he too shared in their humanity, so that by his death he might break the power of him who holds the power of death, that is the devil, and free those who all their lives were held in slavery by their death, fear of death. Amen. Jesus, Luke 4, said he came to 
release the captives. And here he releases us from death. Amen. Amen. He conquers Satan. Wow, isn't that awesome? When I saw him, I fell at his feet as though dead. And he placed his right hand on me and said, Do not be afraid. I'm the first and the last. I'm the living one. I was dead and now look, I'm alive forever and ever. And I hold the keys of death and Hades. Amen. Jesus holds those keys. Death is conquered. Death is conquered. And we need to believe in what the scriptures are saying. Death is conquered. And because death is conquered, the church, the church becomes a refuge from death. Death is buffering. And you know what? God created the church as a refuge from death. Next slide, please. Oh, you've got it. In Matthew 16. Simon confesses Jesus. He said, you are the Messiah, the son of the living God. Jesus replied, blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by flesh and blood, but my father in heaven. And I tell you that you are Peter. And on this rock, I will build my church and the gates of Hades will not overcome it. Amen. He said, upon this rock, not Peter, by the way. The rock is not Peter. The rock is Jesus. The rock is, you are Christ, the son of the living God. He said, upon this, I build my church. And Hades will not overpower it. Amen. It will not overpower the church. So, we become the refuge. The church becomes a refuge from death. Amen. And it is important. We are all going to die. But at the resurrection, the story will be different. Amen. The church is a refuge. And people, again, our view of the church is we take it for granted. Oh, I can walk in if I want and I can do what I want. My goodness, the body of Christ, the church, you need to respect it. This is a refuge from death. The saints who made their confession and repented and was added to that kingdom, this collection is a refuge from death. Amen. And we need to be careful how we treat the church. Next slide. But Christ has indeed been raised from the dead. He's the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. Do you know what? Lorna has fallen asleep. She's gone to bed. You went to bed last night and you woke up. And you don't remember all that happened in between. I don't know how long Lorna will be sleeping for, but when she wakes up, she will meet all of you in our resurrected body. Do you understand what I'm saying? So, when Jesus said to the guy, today you'll be with me in paradise. The guy went to sleep, and when he wakes up, he'll be in paradise. It may be 3,000 years, but it will be today. You understand what I'm saying? So, our brothers and sisters who have fallen asleep, and Jesus is the first fruit of the resurrection. 
and they will also rise. For us, in Adam all die, so in Christ we will all be made alive. For he must reign until he has put all his enemies under his feet. The last enemy to be destroyed is who? Death. Death is destroyed. When we rise up, death. And Revelation 20 goes on, the death and Hades were what? Thrown into the lake of fire. We have Death is defeated. Just as Satan is defeated. It is furious. Let me destroy as many as possible before they find the Lord. That is Satan's whole agenda. And if you're a Christian, Satan's whole agenda is to make you a non-Christian. Make you lose your faith. Remain strong. I envy Lorna in a sense. She's finished the race. (laughs) Satan can't touch her anymore. Satan can't do anything anymore. When she dies, Satan says, Oh no! (laughs) I've lost her. That's what happens to the death of the Christian. Satan can't touch you anymore. There was a son saying, you can't touch me or something. Yeah. MC Hammer. MC Hammer, okay. (laughs) 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 Yeah, that's why, yeah. (laughs) When you die, Satan Satan can't touch you. As a Christian. Amen. You cannot be touched. Next slide, please. So, it is true when it says, Precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his faithful servant. Amen. Precious in the sight of the Lord is our dear sister Lorna right now. Then I heard a voice from heaven say, Write this. Blessed are the dead who die in the Lord from now on. Yes, says the Spirit. They will rest from their labor for their deeds who follow them. Amen. Lorna rests from her labor, her pain. But we remember her deeds, don't we? Her deeds follows her. And it happens, she happen to all of us as Christians. So death is controlling feared and deceiving enemy unless, <coughs> unless. Final scripture. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away. And there was no longer any sea. I saw the holy city. The new Jerusalem. Coming down out of heaven from God. Prepared as a bride beautifully dressed for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying. Look. God's dwelling place is now among the people. And he will dwell with them. They will be his people and God himself will be with them and be their God. He will wipe every tear from their ears, from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain. For the old order of things has passed away. Amen. There will be no more death for the Christian. There will be no more mourning. There will be no more crying or pain. That is the state in which we are. Yeah. No more pain. Yeah. 
and think about your life. You went jogging and you felt a bit of pain in your whatever. In the next life, there will be no more sad thing. There will be no more pain. You can dance 24 hours and don't feel a pain. I'm not sure if you can eat 24 hours and don't feel a pain. But <laughs> The point is, every tear will be wiped out. No more death or mourning or crying or pain. For the old order of things has passed away. As I said, back in last year, November, I can't, no, last year, May, I went for a conference. It's for, for dementia and Alzheimer's. And I think the conference was saying, of course, the church is aging physically, and we're going to get to a stage where members of the church will have Alzheimer's and dementia. But um, how do we prepare for that? He said to prepare now and make people be assured of salvation in the Lord. We may induce our memory, but we are in the Lord. And we need to be assured. We need to be assured of this. So brothers and sisters, here, death is controlling feared and deceiving enemy. Unless... Unless you are in the Lord. Unless you made that good confession. Jesus is Lord. You repented and you got baptized. Then you have nothing to fear. Paul felt that way when he said, I want to die and be with the Lord. Of course, that's a selfish prayer. And the Lord didn't allow that. He he allowed him to stay here and be killed even. Wow. Paul saw this and he said, wow. You know, the best deal right now is I could die and go to God. But I know God will allow that because he wants me to stay here and preach. So Christians, whilst we are here, I think we have work to do. We are here because we have work to do. We are here because we need to tell our neighbor next door that death is a serious thing. Come to the Lord and save yourself from the death coming. We are here to tell our children that, our families, our work colleagues, so when we say we'll go out for outreach, it's not a church program. It's so that we can persuade people to turn to the Lord. Because death is an enemy controlling and deceiving enemy. Final slide. That's the end. So death. Is he a friend or foe? I'll leave that question with you. Thank you very much. And we we'll pray for Lorna's family. We we'll pray for our dear sister Elaine. We we'll pray for... Lorna's daughter, Anna, and we pray for Lorna's granddaughter, Brianna. Okay, thank you very much.